Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He had his gun, so he just swung it open. I start to notice that, you know, the atmosphere feels a little bit weird. First thing he seen was this six and a half foot tall, broad shoulder, dark hair. That freaked him out. We hadn't talked to her about, like, life and death and what any of that means. She's three years old, you know? So we turned around. Suddenly, there's a whole tree falling across the road. And she was describing to us that, you know, there was a deceased person uh, that she could she, she could see visually. You're listening to Cryptid Clues, where we tackle the ever-expanding history and mystery of monsters and supernatural madness every Monday and Friday. You can find us at cryptidclues.ca for more information, or even check out exclusive content such as interviews and D&D campaigns at patreon.com slash cryptidclues. Ladies and 
gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Corrupted Clues Campfire Clues. I am your host, Taylor, and today we're diving back into the newspaper articles. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this format, essentially we just locate sometimes very old, sometimes very present newspaper clippings that include sightings, reports of cryptids, and all manner of unknown occurrences. It's just a great way to peek into that point in time and learn, because for the most part they told it as it was back then. And with limits on technology, weird and unknown things happening were a less likely reason to get famous and more or less a reason of just appearing insane and being cast out of society or, or like your friend's social group. Uh, but before we get into that content, a couple of plugs. Be sure to check us out on our website at cryptoclues.ca, our social media channels, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, as well as our Patreon where you can get ad-free early episodes dropping there. And finally, should you wish to contact us directly, you can via cryptoclues at gmail.com. So, to kick us into high gear here, we have a newspaper article from the Daily Herald. Well, it was published in 2004. It's calling back to an occurrence that may or may not have taken place that includes a specific president. We did an episode on presidents and UFOs, which is available on our podcast feeds. So, for more details, definitely go check out that episode. But for now, and I quote, Just over 50 years ago, on February 20th, 1954, President Dwight Eisenhower interrupted his vacation in Palm Springs, California, to make a secret nocturnal trip to a nearby Air Force base to meet two extraterrestrial aliens. Or maybe not. Maybe Ike just went to the dentist. There's some dispute about this. The Ike met with E.T.'s theory is advanced by Michael Sala, a former American University professor who now runs the Peace Ambassador Program at AU's Center for Global Peace. The Ike went to the dentist theory is advanced by the folks at the Dwight D. Eisenhower Library in Abilene, Kansas, and by James M. Mixon, a dentist, professor of dentistry, and historian of presidential dental work. Just to make things more intriguing, on the night in question, the Associated Press reported this, President Eisenhower died tonight of a heart attack in Palm Springs. Two minutes later, the AP retracted that bulletin and reported that Ike was still alive. Indeed, Ike was alive and continued living until 1969, but in the decades since his death, his activity on the night of February 20th, 1954, had become fodder for strange theories and alien beings. Some facts are beyond dispute. Eisenhower was on a golf vacation in Palm Springs on February 20th, 1954. After dinner that night, he made an unscheduled departure from the Smoking Tree Ranch where he was staying. The next morning, he attended a church service in Los Angeles. Also, that morning, his spokesman announced to the press that Ike had visited a dentist the previous night because he chipped a tooth while eating a chicken wing at dinner. Sala, who has a PhD in government from the University of Queensland in his native Australia, doesn't believe it. He figures the dentist trip is just a cover story. He believes Ike went to Edwards Air Force Base, where he met with two ETs with white hair, pale blue eyes, and colorless lips. These aliens, nicknamed Nordics in UFO circles because they resemble Scandinavian humans, traveled to Edwards from another solar system in a flying saucer, and Sala says they spoke to Eisenhower. There was telepathic communication, says Sala, 45 as he sits in his suburban falls church. It's as though you're hearing a person, but they're not speaking. The Nordics offers to share their spiritual wisdom with Ike if he would agree to eliminate America's nuclear weapons. 
They were afraid we might blow up some of our nuclear technology, Salah says. And apparently, that does something to time and space. And it impacts on extraterrestrial races on other planets. Ike declined the ET's offer, Salah says, because he did not want to give up the nukes. Sometime later, in 1954, Ike reached a deal with another race of extraterrestrials known as the Greys, allowing them to capture Earthling cattle and humans for medical experiments, provided that they return the humans safely home. Since then, Salah says the Greys have kidnapped millions of humans. Salah, the author of Hero's Journey Toward a Second American Century, published his ET theories in his new book, Exopolitics, Political Implications of the Extraterrestrial Presence and in an article on his ExoPolitics website. Now, for much of the 90s, Salah studied conflict resolution and tried unsuccessfully to apply that knowledge to prevent war in East Timor and the Balkans. He says, frustrated, he began looking for an extraterrestrial connection to human misery. And he says he found evidence of ET visitations, including the Ike encounter on the internet. There's a lot of stuff on the internet, he says, and I just went around and pieced it together. Meanwhile, he taught at the School of International Service at American University. In 2003, he founded the university's Peace Ambassador Program, described on the AU website as a summer program that combines study, meditative practices, and prayer ceremonies at selected Washington, D.C. sites, aimed at promoting individual self-empowerment and divine governance in Washington, D.C. Salas stresses that his ET research is not connected with his work at AU Center for Global Peace. The folks at the Center for Global Peace are also quite eager to stress that fact. The research that Michael Sala is doing is not research that is conducting on behalf of the Center of Global Peace, says Betty Sitka, the Associate Director of the Center for Global Peace. That is his own personal research. Meanwhile, the question remains, did Ike really meet with ETs 50 years ago? Not to our knowledge, says Jim Leazap, an archivist at the Eisenhower Library. There's nothing in the archives that indicates that. Then Leazap, I, I apologize, this is a tricky, tricky last name. Leazap bursts out laughing. He has heard this theory before. We've had so many requests on that subject that we have a person who specializes in this. That person is archivist Herb Pankratz. He specialized in transportation, Leazap says, and we decided to add UFOs to that. He does trains, planes, automobiles, and flying saucers. The library fielded dozens of questions about the alleged Ike ET meeting in the late 80s and early 90s when several UFO books advanced the theory, Pankrat says. It's interesting how these stories have changed. Pankrat noted in an email, initially, the accounts claimed that President made a secret trip to Edwards Air Force Base to view the remains of aliens who had crashed at Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. Later, stories then claimed he had actually visited with live aliens. Pankratz doesn't buy either theory. He believes the dentist story. And he cites James Mixon, the dental historian and professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Dentistry, Mixon's article, A History of Dwight D. Eisenhower's Oral Health, published in the November 1995 issue of the Bulletin of the History of Dentistry. It is the definitive work on Ike's teeth citing the U.S. Surgeon General's records on Ike's medical and dental history, open to researchers in 1991. Mixon reported that on that fateful night of February 20th, 1954, Ike chipped the porcelain cap of his upper left central incisor, and it was repaired by Dr. Francis A. Purcell. 
Alas, Purcell is unavailable for comment. He died in 1974, according to Pankratz. The lack of dental record from Purcell's office, Mixon wrote, has helped fuel belief in the UFO encounter. But Mixon quickly added, the president had well-documented difficulties with his crown. Indeed, the crown, which was installed in July 1952, was chipped and repaired in December 1952, the February in question, and again in July 1954, when the president's dentist, Colonel James M. Fairchild, replaced it with a thin cast gold platinum thimble crown. That may be more than you want to know about the Ike's dental work. If not, Mixon goes on at some length, quoting a long lyrical passage written by Fairchild on this troublesome presidential incisor. Meanwhile, there's another perplexing question. Why did the AP report that Ike died that night? Somebody was fooling around and it went out, Pankratz says. It wasn't supposed to go out, but it did. Ike never made any public statement about meeting ETs, Pankratz says. But did he perhaps spill the beans to his family? Ike's son, John S.D. Eisenhower, is a retired Army Brigadier General and the author of several books on history, including General Ike, A Personal Reminiscence, Asked via email if his father had ever mentioned meeting with aliens, Eisenhower responded with a short but empathetic reply, no. He declined to comment further. End quote. That is the article there. Holy smokes, what, a, what an article. So let's break this down a little bit. First of all, presidents and aliens, my own perspective here would be there is absolutely something going on there. We would get a... Well, would we get a full openly admitted statement? No. People would panic. There'd be chaos in the streets, looting, rioting. It'd be nuts. But instead, we get drip-fed the notion of aliens through so many components of our lives. In so many ways, we probably don't even actually come to terms with or realize. It's just so subliminal. Sublimable. Gosh. Subliminal. Oh, there we go. My words this morning are very, very tricky. I digress. Now... As we get these things drip-fed throughout our lives, when reading this article, my mind did wander to the Roswell incident at first, thinking, oh, maybe Ike was finally getting around to seeing what's going on. But then why would you wait so long if this crash happened such a long time ago? And this is our, who's to say it is our first, but for this episode's sake, we'll say it's a first. Now, it, it does make sense that, well, in, why in 1954 you would have uh, High Eisenhower going to see whatever UFO is related here. It, he's just becoming president. We know that for between 1945 and 1953, we had uh, Harry Truman as the president beforehand. So his term going up to 1953, Eisenhower doesn't know anything about these aliens. He comes in the office, then just low-key in 1954 thinks, hey, let's go check out these aliens and see what we're dealing with, whether it be Roswell or the... Uh, possibility of actual living aliens to speak to and maybe they want to make an alliance but again there's no justification or proof of that i'm just literally spouting off my own thoughts but i do find the timing very interesting nonetheless now when you have this president leaving in the wee hours of the day uh, it's it's such an abnormal thing. It's a very weird departure. Again, I'm not president, so I don't know the schedules and such, but uh, it would prompt an emergency that may be going on to have such an abnormal departure. Uh, but let's just get out, get this out here now. Like, it doesn't take much to bullshit on behalf of the government. And if this was dental work and he had to leave, uh, 
I mean, it would have to be a very serious degree of dental issues and dental pain, I would think, to have to just drive out of your area and just go find this dentist and get the work done. Of course, you are the president, so you get priority status, that's for sure. But pardon my perspective, the government is a great bullshitter. They have centuries of experience in bullshitting. And I say centuries because I don't just mean one government, two governments. I mean the manifestation of government that is the ongoing collective mind that just knows how to bullshit whether it be this regime the previous the one before that it's just a reoccurring thing throughout humanity that goes on and on and on so when an article releases that claims the president is dead then here you have another serious notion yes it was retracted but it was reported on nonetheless and the person we are supposed to believe just casually states somebody was fooling around and it went out it wasn't supposed to go out but it did I mean, he sounds like he was aware of it ahead of time, or at least who reported it, someone that clearly thought the president's life was at risk. It's just suspicious. The other notion to these archivists, well, of course, they will defend the president's case. Now, I know I'm sounding extremely biased, and yes, this could be easily just a dental incident with the records all being truly authentic reports. We cannot dismiss that. But personally, I'm at a point in my life where too much information is sometimes, it's all a set. Just a stage, a well-scripted narrative for each and every actor. So when this archivist comes along and starts poking all these holes in the claim theories and touting off his perfectly recorded and backed up claims, it does make me hesitant, apprehensive. Again, he totally could be genuine and 100% authentic. Especially when, however, some of these claims, unfortunately, are supposed to be reliable sources that have first first instinct to report the president's death falsely. That kind of for me, rattles that authenticity and like, who are you supposed to believe? Now, theories are indeed inconsistent. It doesn't mean they're all wrong. The conclusions may very well be all incorrect, but the initial notion was that Ike was going out and engaging in something extraterrestrial related. And while that being the most consistent notion across the board of all these wild theories, I believe might actually hold some credibility behind it. And that's the one thing that these archivists don't speak to. The other mention of Nordics and Greys, I mean, I won't go deep down that rabbit hole, but it's interesting how that stacks with other UFO reports. And as I close out on this article, in an interview with archivist Jim Lairzapf, he responded to the question, did Ike really meet with ETs 50 years ago? To which he says, not to our knowledge. There's nothing in the archives that indicates that. <laughs> this moment reminds me of, if you've seen it, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, when Obi-Wan Kenobi is looking into a planet called Kamino, using the Jedi Archives. Another Jedi approaches Kenobi, uh, this is the librarian, Jocasta Nu, and she offers her assistance. Obi-Wan says this planet should be right here, but it isn't. And perhaps the archives are incomplete. Jocasta Nu counters with, if it does not appear in our records, it does not exist. Now sure. Getting sci-fi here, the Jedi Archives are a plethora of infinite knowledge and wisdom, just like I'm sure the Eisenhower Library was at its time, but the parallel here is uncanny. For your sake, if you haven't seen Star Wars, the planet did exist and the archives were indeed complete. So I beg the question, yes it's a fake movie, but the narrative can be as real as you and me, and could it not apply in this instance as well? And with that, let's move on to our next article after this quick ad break. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. We're jumping now into February 20th, 2001. The Uinta Basin Standard. And I quote, Basin's history as a UFO hotspot has turned many into believers. Once called a UFO hotspot, the Uintan Basin continues to be the home of ongoing scientific investigation on a ranch south of Fort Dushni. I hope I'm saying that right. D-U-C-H-E-S-N-E for the listeners, where past residents reported strange balls of light appearing in the fields. Unexplained sounds and smells, the paranormal events eventually drove the family off and the 400-acre ranch was sold to Las Vegas millionaire Robert Bigelow, founder of the UFO investigative organization National Institute of Discovery Science, or NIDS for short. During the past four and a half years, a team of scientists have set up shop at the ranch and have been searching the night sky and placid fields for evidence linking it to extraterrestrial activity. They measure and monitor radiation, magnetic fields, and wavelengths of light 24 hours a day, reported Ed Yates, KSL science specialist and reporter who visited the site recently. While NIDS findings have not been released to the scientific community at large, a history of UFO sightings and livestock mutilations over the last 40 years witnessed by average folks have formed opinions concerning the possibility of extraterrestrial life. LaPointe resident Fred Assay is one such believer. Why can't there be? We live on this planet. Why can't there be life on other planets? We're going off visiting other planets. Why can't they do the same? I haven't actually seen one myself, but I believe in them. Dave Martin, now living in Phoenix, Arizona, but raised in the Uintah Basin, said he believes in UFOs because during the years of 1967 to 1970, he was an eyewitness to these phenomena. He described big orange balls of light hovering over fields, then all of a sudden, they're gone. I've never had a sighting, said Catherine Richens of South Mighton Bench, but I've just been listening to everybody. There are too many stories from too many walks of life who have seen them. Over the years, Catherine has formed the opinion that extraterrestrials do exist. However, she doesn't believe in little green men. I think there are people just like us, Nicole Richens, Catherine's daughter. She was an eyewitness to a strange night in the sky phenomenon. While she and her cousin stretched out on their trampoline on South Mountain Bench, she saw a light. I don't know if that's what it was, a UFO. It looked like a comet. It was huge, and it had a blue and green tail. Then it got really small, and then it started to move slowly. It moved in circles, then abruptly stopped. We got scared. We ran into the house screaming. 
Nicole said that she believes that the possibility of life from other planets visiting Earth definitely exists, echoing her mother's sentiments that too many people have had sightings. After 20 years of truck driving, T. Rice of Vernal said he's seen too much evidence of unexplained flying objects not to believe in extraterrestrials. I was going down Highway 70 to Denver. It was about one o'clock in the morning, and I saw bright white lights that made square three times in three different areas. I brought it to my wife's attention. She had no explanation for it, Rice said, noting that he wasn't frightened, just curious at the anomaly over the night sky. I've seen many, too many things that are unexplained. There's got to be something out there, Rice concluded. Some folks believe that the UFOs are just that, unexplained flying objects that remain skeptical of their origin. Where, whether Earth or Martian made, such as Terry Young and Peggy Kissling, who works at Prime Cut in Roosevelt. Obviously, there's going something to going on, whether it's man-made or the real thing. I don't know if this is or isn't, but there's got to be something going on or we wouldn't have scientists locked up. But I don't know, said Terry, who lives in Mighton. I've never seen anything here myself, commented Peggy, a Bennett resident. If you haven't, you just don't know. But my daughter and the neighbor boy were coming home. They came up on top of the first bench in Neola and saw whatever it was. It was hovering there. They said it was a round light. When they got home, I had to drive him back home. He was afraid to go home by himself. Long before Ray Maxon moved to Bluebell, he was a resident of Colville. And it was there that he witnessed two sets of three lights hovering high in the night sky, showing red, green, and white lights high above the earth. He called his wife out to see them. Then they decided to call the neighbors. The lights stayed motionless high above them as the neighbors gathered in their front yard. We called the Hanson Planetarium and asked them if anything weird was going on, any anomalies. They said there wasn't. Ray also called the sheriff's department, but no one turned up to investigate the phenomenon that the Colville residents were witness to. Ray brought out his spotting scope to better see the lights, but couldn't make out any shape beyond the brilliant steady beams that remained over Colville for two hours. When they left, it was just like someone turning out the lights. Hanson Planetarium actually called back, telling Ray that they could see the lights, but didn't have any explanation for him. The sighting was over eight years ago now, and Ray has never forgotten the curiosity and awe inspired. I didn't even make it into the Summit County B, Ray mused, adding, I haven't seen anything in the basin. Do you believe in UFOs, even though the subject of UFOs and extraterrestrial life forms may be a matter of controversy? Eight out of nine individuals approached on the street believe they exist. End quote. I love this article because of all the references to the lights. And if we wanted to see a curious association, the cattle mutilation over the past 40 years, maybe a loose tie, but a tie nonetheless into the Dwight Eisenhower conspiracy agreement with the Grays that we were talking about in the previous article. But just to close this episode off, though, I found another newspaper clipping focusing on the statistical aspect. And I think that this will kind of get a little bit interesting. I always like some good statistics. I did some statistics for people belief in Bigfoot. And funnily enough, like the belief in Bigfoot has actually risen and gone up. That's one of our other previous Sasquatch episodes that uh, I would definitely recommend checking out. However, I digress. And this situation, June 15th, 1999, survey says 32% could handle the proof of extraterrestrial life. And I quote, how would humans react if ET landed? NASA and the scientific community are actively searching for evidence of extraterrestrial life. But what if we were confronted with undeniable proof that ETs exist and have been visiting Earth? A nationwide survey by the Roper Organization has uncovered the following. One out of four Americans think most people would totally freak out and panic if such evidence were confirmed. 
80% of influential Americans think that the U.S. government would classify or suppress evidence of extraterrestrial life. The Roper survey was conducted on behalf of the National Institute of Discovery of Science. You guessed it, NIDS, privately funded scientific research organization based in Las Vegas, Nevada. The pollsters asked a nationwide sample of 1,971 men and women a variety of questions concerning a sudden confirmation of extraterrestrial life. When asked what they thought UFOs were, 25% of them thought they were alien spaceships, 12% thought they were secret government programs, 9% said hallucinations, 19% said UFOs are normal events that are misinterpreted by witnesses, and 7% said travelers from other dimensions. When asked whom they would choose to make first contact with ETs on Earth, 20% said the military, 29% said scientists, 14% said the government, 11% said religious leaders, and 20% said a private organization that had planned for such a contingency. Uh, there have been no systematic studies about the potential impact of confirmed contacts, says Dr. Colm Keller, Deputy Administrator for NIDS. A 1960 report by the Brookings Institute and an internal RAND document from 1968 predicted profound social consequences if contact were confirmed. But there have been no follow-up studies. When asked how they would react psychology, psychologically <laughs> to confirm of advanced extraterrestrial life, 32% said they were fully prepared to handle it. 17% said they would rethink their place in the universe. Yet, when asked how they think others would react to the same news, 25% said that most people would totally freak out and panic. 10% said most others would act irrationally and become dangerous to others. 14% said that others would begin to act very strangely. And 36% said most people would be very concerned. And only 13% said most people would handle the information in a calm, rational way. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's end quote there, but this, that information is, again, from the 90s, a little bit sooner, but uh, these numbers have greatly changed today, of course. While distrust in our governments has risen exponentially, belief in UFOs being actual aliens, I feel has somewhat become convoluted. Well, there's definitely more perspectives, and this, these poll numbers would be divided up even more because there's so many different possibilities, like are the UFOs really us from other multiverses, or maybe they are ships from other dimensions, such travelers. Like, there's so many different things, time travelers, whatnot. And so these things are more openly discussed by levels of government, and I've talked about that in the previous episode where I was diving into some of the uh, CIA's uh, released documents on UFOs. Now, it's a disbelief almost, however, when you have a government just putting this information out where people just take it for granted in an unconscious sort of way. It's the drip fed thing that we spoke to earlier. And once the ball drops and an alien lands in our backyard, you'll see these percents we mentioned above become a little more real and a lot more scarier. But that's a topic for another episode. <laughs> that is it for today's Campfire Clues. Thank you for tuning in this week. And remember, you can find us and more content at cryptoclues.ca, our social media channels, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. You can also find us on Patreon for those ad-free early episodes. And should you want to reach out to us directly, you can via cryptoclues at gmail.com. So thank you for tuning in. And remember, take care and stay safe.